Sweet. So welcome to the Partnering Podcast, our first one, episode number one, season one, episode one, in which we share the joys and struggles of partnering in the gospel in Ottawa, Canada. We hope uh, that through this, uh, we can encourage you with stories from the field, hopefully not scare you, but encourage you, uh, share what we're learning along the way. And one of the cool things about this is we don't want it to be about us. We want to introduce you to our friends who are doing God's work in the city. So we are the partners. I'm Dan Byrne. Matt Borbin. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I feel like you should say more, but... We practiced that. Yeah, we practiced that. We did. We did a lot. We're a little bit nervous because we've never done a podcast before. Uh, I'm including this in video form on YouTube for our supporters so they can see it. But it is going to be on all the podcasting. Do you do you listen to podcasts? No. Not at all. <laughs> Never. No. So, do you know how to listen to a podcast? I absolutely, I absolutely know how to listen to a podcast. I just about the things of ministry a little okay. bit more than. Oh, I see. I see. Well, that's it. That's it. Well, it's good. You can walk the dog and listen. You can do the dishes too. Sound very. They're good. They're good. So I was thinking about for this first episode, we would share a little bit about our stories and about how God uh, has led us into this work. But first, Matt, sure. do you like games? No. What? Come on. Every time I... <laughs> Absolutely. I love games. You know, this is supposed to be... They teach you... I, I guess I've never taken an improv class, but I have friends that do. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to, when you set someone up, they're supposed to knock it out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you yeah. love games, right? Absolutely. I love games. You're not competitive. <laughs> You're not competitive at all, right? Um... Yes, a little bit. You're a little competitive. Yeah, yeah that's, sure. that's what I what I thought. Yes. So, I thought we'd uh, play a game. Sure. So, because it's the partnering podcast, I thought every week. Yeah. Probably, I'm guessing I. <laughs> will we'll really, really love games. Yeah, we'll come yeah. up with a famous partnership through history. Sure. And uh, I'll give you some questions. Mm. They could be from pop culture, which I know you're great at. Uh, they could be from history, <laughs> politics. Yeah. Right? So any any field of human endeavor. He's taking from this, he's he's doing this to someone who was locked away for sixteen years away from society. Hey, we're gonna tell your story in a bit, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Uh, that's the fun of this. Yeah. That's actually the fun of this, because the people at home or listening will be like, Come on, man, so easy. Alright, so are you ready for the first one? Sure. Alright, now I'm gonna go very slowly so that uh, I don't show you the answers. Okay, ready? Yes. Are you ready? I'm do you think ready. you're gonna be able to get this one? Um what do you think are your chances? I, I, I reserve comments until after the fact. You know, I'm a fairly intelligent, but I know yeah. that you're a little. What field? What field do you feel like you'd be best in? Um, post World War Two stuff, I think. Post World War Two <laughs> history. Okay. I don't know. I'll, I'll, um, I'll keep that um, in mind for future. What would I be? I don't. You know. Yeah. Um, Music. To a degree. To a degree. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, criminality. Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, <laughs> To a degree. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting into that story later. All right, all right. Here's, here's the first one. Ready? Yes. First one. This duel was embarking for a world tour. It broke up before the second stage of the tour could get off the ground. Sonny and Cher. I don't know. Sonny and Cher. Who knows? That is gold. No. Okay. All right. You got any? No, Sonny and Cher. No, no idea whatsoever. None. What, what whatsoever. field of human endeavor do you think this is? Speaking of, well, I, I'm assuming that it would be speaking of um, music. I'm assuming. Okay. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Let's go to the second one. Billy Graham, Charles Thompson. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a All right, right, here we go. All right, okay. This famous partnership came to an end mm. after a nasty disagreement caused by personal friction with a third member. Yeah. Lost. Lost? Yeah. Lost. It could be uh, still music, you're thinking? Um, again. There's a lot of lot of bands break up. Hey. This. Paul and Barnabas. Wait. Oh. You think you got it, eh? I All think right. I got it. Yes. Okay, here, here, this one might get it. Okay. One of the members of the partnership's favorite rap group. Yes. Okay. Would yeah. be Cypress Hill. So there we go. Yes. So there we go. So yes. the, what do you mean? Paul Barnabas and Mark. I'm assuming. All right. Why? What's the Cypress Hill connection? Um, Cypress Hill connection would be. Um, Any of our '90s rap yes. listeners would know Cypress Hill. But what? What's the connection to Barnabas? Um, came from Cypress. Barnabas came from the Adams of Cyprus. All right, let me do the last one. Oh, we'll do the last two. So the senior member of the partnership was soon eclipsed by the junior, yet seemed to hold no ill will or animosity. And the last one, both members of the partnership are best known by their assumed names, but their given names are Joseph and Saul. Sure. Did you remember that Barnabas's name was Joseph? I did, yes. All right, tell yes. us about Barnabas and Saul. Um, <laughs> okay. Here we go. Uh, Barnabas, son of encouragement. Um, so... What do I know about them? Well, yeah. um, Barnabas, an amazing, amazing man, um, uh, truly committed to Christ for sure. And it just shows how we can have unity in Christ in the midst of diverse opinions. And, um, and just the idea that he was able to think outside the box, see something in Paul's life, a call, not only go there, but, but come alongside him, what today many would call sort of the Barnabas principle, just covering him, saying, all of the credibility and goodwill that I have developed and, uh, and and it's rightly um, given to me through um, through my work in the cause of the gospel I am going to now include you in this and we're going to move forward because it's not about me or you it's about Jesus and we see God involved in this so that would be uh, and from there we also see further in further along in the story there may have been a split where where Barnabas went with Paul but we see later on how there's a unity potentially because of the encouragement of Barnabas behind the scenes that brought uh, Paul and Mark back together Great. There we go. I didn't know I was giving you a theological test today, but actually, no, I chose those guys because yeah. obviously Paul and Barnabas have been, uh, their story in the scripture, Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 11, mm. has been, uh, for us, I think, uh, they're, they're heroes to us. They're the first missionary team, and so they're, and I think a little bit of, I see a little bit of ourselves in Paul and Barnabas as well. Yeah, I, I think, you know, how you just described it, yeah. Barnabas, yeah. established guy, saw something in, in Paul, yeah. right, and uh, took a shot on this guy who a lot of the rest of the church might have would have avoided, but yet it was Paul who the Lord set aside and uh, and gifted for that, that great ministry. And uh, yeah, so if you don't know our story, I'll share a little bit of it and then introduce Matt. He can share a little bit more, but I was a pastor in Ottawa for 12 years, uh, um, kind of a conventional church um, here after after spending uh, time in, in China and in Japan uh, came to Ottawa pastored the Ottawa Chinese Bible Church for 12 years and about uh, I don't know about five years ago while I was still pastoring the church uh, a mutual friend of ours the chaplain Paul Kern who is uh, the chaplain uh, at uh, Collins Bay um, uh, down in Kingston uh, he said, hey, there's this guy. In fact, maybe Paul was a Barnabas in that situation because he called me up and he said, hey, there's this guy here that is thinking about moving to Ottawa upon his release and you've got to get to know him. And uh, so Matt and I started just talking on the phone about once every two weeks. Uh, and then not only myself, but then some members of our church really walked Matt through the 
uh, kind of process of preparing uh, for life outside the institution uh, as he came to Ottawa. What was crazy is I had no idea at the time I knew Matt. I had no idea we'd be ministry partners. I had no idea that we'd be doing this together. Uh, and how God has led us through that is is pretty wild. And so now here we are. We've been known each other for five years. Uh, I'm no longer at the church, but uh, you know, seeking to to reach the city of Ottawa outside of the walls with the hope of the gospel. And and Matt, you came along into that, and now we're we're partners working working on this together. Mm. So maybe I'd let you uh, maybe share your story a little bit. I know a lot of. Uh, People that know us are supportive. Already, have already heard your story, but maybe you can uh, tie that in a little bit for anybody who hasn't known it. Totally, um, very briefly, because many people probably do know. Um, so, so my life would have would have been um, essentially uh, because of a lot of my own choices, a lot of things that happened to me was kind of on my own by about the age of twelve. Um, my father, who had been instrumental in my life, uh, got up and left one day and just never came back. My mom, um, who. Uh, with a wonderful lady, saw saw an opportunity to, to sort of reclaim her life in the midst of this. I was deeply hurt, and um, and and during this period, I sort of pulled away from my mother, and without having a father and living in government housing, um, I I just migrated and gravitated naturally to a group of people that were also very very hurt. Uh, we started one of the first gangs in Scarborough before our gangs in Scarborough uh, were popular, and um, and we just we essentially just started a life of criminality. Um, and it was always based on a business structure where we, were, we would steal things to, to support our neighborhood and then make money on the back end. So it was always kind of a bit of a, a Robin Hood sort of glorious way of doing it. But this kind of progressed in my life moving forward where I got involved in the use and distribution of drugs uh, for a period of time in the sex industry. Um, and um, the, uh, the, my life culminated uh, when I was part of a network that was supplying a section of Toronto. We, and this was a... a, a million dollar business per year um, or multi-million actually um, and so we were using these same dynamics and we always thought we were really good people and uh, kind of you know sort of you know we're the good guys in this world where we've been hard done by yet there was always a piece of my heart that was missing and there was always something that fell short it didn't matter how much money in fact or how much um, notoriety uh, we are had at that point in time in fact the more I had the worse I felt. Um, it culminated with an arrest and um, were taken down. I was sent to the federal penitentiary, uh, was exposed to the gospel, um, and had, had really tried to work out these ideas of who God is and, and who God isn't, um, and, and without knowing ahead of time to no avail. Um, somebody introduced me to, uh, to Old Testament Psalms. And I was reading Old Testament Psalms, and one day I said, I'm going to give this one last shot. I was alone in a cell in Millhaven Penitentiary. I just cried out to this God of the Old Testament. And, you know, we, we know that the entire scripture points to Christ, and that uh, he fills the gap in, in the midst of our lack of knowledge. And, and God spoke to me in the midst of this, and my prayer was my best efforts have failed. And God answered that prayer by like, audibly answering me, your best efforts will always fail. And I was just so enthralled at the idea of, of, of having a God or having a Father, having wholeness, something back belonging to somebody or something that wasn't going to leave, that I had that I perceived as being better than I was. I just said, please don't leave. Uh, from that moment... You're uh, looking kind of for that Father. Yeah, right? totally. yeah, 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 100%. That's exactly the. It took years for a lot of these wounds to to actually be healed within mm. me. But that's that's the hole that God filled. I was born again into Christ, with mm. God the Father. So, um, it, it took off. The my personality is a little bit as many of you may know, kind of 
a bit Pauline in the sense that it's a bit hard hitting um, and, and it's a bit it's a bit out there, it's a bit bold. Um, uh, which is fine for better or worse. Um, it's, it's who I am. I just try to refine it. But I started from day one to uh, to evangelize within the, within the prison populations and, and communities I was involved in. And anybody that was in my sphere of influence just said, "Hey, I met this God. You need to know Him too." Um, over the years, um, I'm going to fast forward. And over years, a couple of significant things happened. I, I, I became trained in ministry and started planting churches while I was in prison. But I also came to the end of myself through consistent failures. So, so I would come, you know, we would have this, this, everything is great on the outside, but on the inside, things just weren't great. And I just kept falling and, and, and my journey took a lot longer than it needed to be because of that. So when I met Dan, just prior to meeting Dan, I was like, enough's enough. I, I call it this time where God went from my head into my heart. I said, I just want to expose every part of who I am, not the good parts, the bad parts, not the parts I could put up front, but, but, the, but the parts that remain hidden that we, that we typically keep, feel that we'll be judged for, the parts we're ashamed of. So I remember that part was, um, we had talked a little bit about Moses and about the Apostle Paul, mm. about how actually the Apostle Paul's a really good one. When he came to Christ, that road to, uh, road to Damascus uh, experience, mm. he also, like you, immediately started preaching, started proclaiming, started mm. you know going boldly, speaking. In fact, almost yeah, at one point he had to you know, be kind of let down out of a basket out of a city so he wasn't getting killed. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't mature. Yeah. Right? He wasn't, the God hadn't formed the character in him yet. And actually spent five to seven years, they think, back in his hometown yeah. in the world's eyes a failure. Yeah. Um, you know, here he was thinking he's going to be the next great Pharisee and he comes home and he's joined a cult. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so that that understanding of both in Moses's life and Paul's life and Joseph's life, mm. pretty much anybody in the Bible who God uses, there's that time of seasoning where you feel like I'm on the shelf. What happened when I first came to Christ, everything seemed to be pop, pop, pop. Mm. And now I'm here languishing in a little bit. And mm. um, that's kind of, I, I see that part of that story in you as well. Mm. You needed that time of seasoning. Right. Why not? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, uh, my life is far from together. <laughs> I don't think anybody says, but uh, but now it comes from the inside out. It comes from the center of my heart out. Like, that my life is exposed. I have people around me, like, such as Dan and and others that I that I'm able to just be myself with. That I can go to with anything. You know, mm -hmm. if I committed a murder, I'm not going to. But yeah, if I don't. Murder, <laughs> then, 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 then then these are people whom whom I believe. You know, that, that I have a relationship with where 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 we could share that together, you know. That's, and that's, that's a bad example. But. Yeah, that's not, not the greatest example <laughs> with your story. No. <laughs> I don't think that was part of your story, so that was yeah. good. We'll leave that aside. Sure. But um, but that was kind of where that kind of Barnabas-Paul thing happened, and uh, you came to Ottawa. Mm -hmm. uh, I was leaving the church at about the same time. Yeah. We, we spoke together, prayed together, talked, okay, what is God calling, mm. calling first myself to do, and then sharing that with Matt and going, hey, do you want to come along into this thing? I can't promise you anything. I can't, you know, it was really kind of not making any promises, but hey, let's try to do something different for, for God's kingdom here. And um, and yeah, and that's been really amazing. Uh, as, uh, as our leaders might know, so I, we now, both of us now work in two different, uh, I'd call them missionary networks in the city, uh, connecting streams. We work with existing churches, trying to mobilize and equip the church to, reach societies of vulnerable populations, which are normally located outside of the churches. And then we're part of the Ottawa City Church Network, where we're trying to plant churches among kind of the marginalized and poor and vulnerable uh, street adjacent people in the city. 
And, um, and so you've done this this last year. We started together, what was it, like last fall? Mm. Or not last fall, but the fall before the pandemic. Sure. Yeah. Right? And we started that together, started working together, uh, planted a couple churches through this, uh, this amazing ministry happening in Dundonald Park, uh, which uh, maybe you can share a little bit more about. But, um, but yeah, it's been amazing to see how God has brought that together. We, we have different gifts. But, um, and we've been refining each other in different ways mm. and pushing each other in different ways. But uh, the ministry, the fruit that's come out of it is, is pretty substantial. So why don't you talk a little bit about, about the park? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just to your point, really, really briefly. Um, uh, so the brotherly love that's developed, mm. I think the character formation just in those, in those microcosmic relationships that, that, that we have in the small picture has been so instrumental in, in, in for me in my ministry, like it's, you've, changed and informed my life and enriched the ministry that was going out to other people so thank you um yeah um so for me the dad speaks about this all the time you know he's taught this this sort of stuff you know in, in seminary uh, uh, and and but then if, correct me if i'm wrong one of your lines is you know i, I teach it we speak about it but i've, I've never seen this actually from an under, just go out and just do it well yeah i think that i specifically i'm talking about a concept that you know in the in the churches and seminaries they talk about called incarnational ministry mm. so it's kind of a it's not it's the, the the idea isn't a fad but the word kind of came up i remember in in, in bible college talking about incarnational model of ministry it just means incarnation is when jesus came into this world and he took on our flesh yep. he took on our form yep. took on our struggles yep. he he became human for yep. us to seek and to save us right and so the idea is that when we do ministry into a population, we actually go into that population, not, not, not going next to the population saying, come here, come here, but actually going and living among and being one of. And we, I've seen many, many church leaders talk about incarnational ministry. I've seen churches who, who would do like downtown urban ministries and would maybe plant a church, but then invite kind of the community in. But... I think what you're doing in Dundonald Park is the purest form of what I've ever, of what I could conceive of when I think of incarnational ministry. You move right next to the park. You're literally there every single day. You have a story, obviously, that connects with the, the people who hang out in that park. Um, and and you and I think the biggest issue was you didn't see those as you didn't see the people in the park as prospective members of a church that you would plant. You actually saw that community already as it's already, in a sense, an ecclesia. It's already a gathering yeah. there, yeah. but they just needed Jesus. Yeah. It was like Jesus needed to be brought into the park rather than um, them coming out of to come to find Jesus. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And, and for me, um, just uh, this is informed by being in prison for years at a time and, mm -hmm. and being filled with God's Holy Spirit um, and, and realizing just hungering and craving to have other uh, other fellowship with other believers that they're filled with God's Spirit and, and understanding that we could do this outside of normalized chapel times. In fact, there's nothing's preventing us from gathering and meeting all day long. Mm -hmm. And so, so with that premise, we, we started planting churches uh, within the prison system and uh, the chaplaincy departments came completely alongside this, and, 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 and I would argue that it was more efficacious than, 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 than the typical forms that were there. And in many ways, the chaplaincy would come alongside almost in a missionary stabilizing capacity as our church grew, because God was working in and amongst the people. So this was the whole idea here. Um, 
our church that uh, that Dan and I planted together laid hands on me. I just felt God's call to this neighborhood. It worked out supernaturally. I got an amazing roommate who, uh, who who essentially opened up his house and said, "This is what I need this too." So we became roommates in our living room. Was a house the house was under a Christian ethic, and 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 we just we just I just started going out and sharing the gospel, and and then people started coming to faith, and a miracle started to happen, um, and 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 proclamation of faith got to it got to a place where this grew from one to three to five now we have literally by god's grace now we have a supporting team around about 80 people that gather together and it's more than that i was just with uh, with uh, james our friend james mm -hmm. this morning he stopped by for, for a few okay. minutes and we walk down the street now and by god's grace everybody on the street that is in need knows us and they're all like hey man Hey, how, like it, it's now a community. It, it's now a place where, where, by God's grace, in some small way, Jesus Christ, because because we don't do this perfectly, is is being ministered in and through our lives to this community. But what we've done is we've we've, we've grown this. It's not an outreach, um, and and it's it, it's not a strict, rigid, formed church. So. Through COVID, we met uh, in groups of socially distanced. We went from different models where there's proclamation service to a, to a to a to a platform service where I would be preaching, to groups of ten, to indoor uh, gatherings at, at inside of ex crack houses where people <laughs> have come to know Christ. We'd have ten or fifteen, and they're like, "We want to be Lydia's. We want to be people here in the midst of this. That 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 now it's our privilege to be doing this." We got some amazing partnerships uh, developing with the local church community, but it's becoming a place where. Not only is Jesus being brought, but then we can take the principles of, of, of Paul's ministry of kind of, of, of do, evangelizing, of now establishing people in the first principles of their faith. So now, now that they've been born again, they need to be trained, so raised up. And, and small communities of faith are starting to develop where people are starting to mature within them and they're becoming the second stream of, 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 of ministry. So this has gone where we're doing, we're looking at 25 baptisms. Mm -hmm. So something crazy is happening here in this. Where it's and, almost, the, and the partnering, yeah, um, you've come on with Connecting Streams. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be leading. Uh, you are. You're leading training right now for addictions recovery ministry yeah. called Celebrate Recovery at at a local church called Peace Tower, which has really embraced you. In mm -hmm. fact, given you a fiance, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> really, really embraced me. But um, but even not only those sorts of partnerships, but partnerships where um, although we'll talk a little bit here about a challenge we have, but. You know, we're local law enforcement. Mm. Uh, individual officers have said, "Hey, we see what you're doing there," and 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 starting to direct people toward you for non, you know, if there's a if there's an intervention that could be happening where they don't have to get involved. Yeah. Um, the restaurant community. We've, we've yeah. started talking to representatives of the restaurant community that might help to actually feed people. We're looking at partnering with some other friends who are studying um, uh, prison reintegration uh, into or post prison ministry, where they're helping out with the job community. And so we're doing all those things. We're, we're aligning with partners. That's why we wanted to start this podcast because we don't want, like today, the spotlight's on uh, us a little bit and you to say, mm. hey, here's the ministry God's called you in. Sure. But actually what we'd like to do is actually put the spotlight on some of these partners that have been coming along yeah. as well. So that's, that's a, a, can you tell me a little bit about cheers from the field? Maybe uh, we talked a little bit about, well, why you're doing this. We talked about uh, Felix and Josie, a little bit of like what drives you to be in and working in among these sorts of people. Sure. Um, 
what I, I saw how absolutely terrible my own life was and I saw that with, by God's grace amazing things could happen and that God that God could use literally the foolish to confound the wise not because we're any good because God's amazing and um, and so so this brought me there just having a strong sensitivity to the weaknesses of people I'll give you a couple of examples uh, so so this uh, this week there's there's a there's a lady um, who is an Inuit lady who over the past four months has lost four of her children and uh, she has she had about 11 children has lost four of her children at separate times to suicide drug overdose and alcohol and we spent some time on the phone yesterday where literally she was wailing on the phone. If, if you can't, uh, it, it's a, it's a part, part of it's a, a privilege to be there, but part of it's a God-given responsibility to be beside somebody when they're weeping like this and, and to say that, that you are not alone and to, be, to have the strength of Christ when they're really, really weak. Um, so that, that, that would be, and, and, and we, I deal with about 10 or 15 of these stories each week. Uh, so, so much so that, 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 that it is really a fatherly pastorally, pastoral relationship within, within this church. And, and, and the need is so great that we're actually raising up leadership teams to develop one-on-one, two-on-one, three-on-one relationships with people just because there is such a need there. And I can, now let me give you the other side of the equation. Uh, so, so a, a fellow who was who was getting beaten up and and um, and, and 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 fighting um, a lot because he was drunk. Another fellow who um, who battles with crack addiction. Um, somebody else that, uh, that that lost a loved one just a little while ago and was drinking himself to death and was going to jump off a off, off, off a balcony. Now all attend our church. One's not killing themselves, and they say this is because of the intervention of the church. Another is not doing crack, and is actually part of our 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 our, our, our ministry team in the sense of a music ministry. Mm. And a third just called me today and said, "You know, Pastor, um, I uh, uh, I'm going back to work. I have to fill out the paperwork." I said, "Do you need some help?" He said, "No, I know how to do that, but I'm going to ask for Sundays off so that I can be at church." There's mm. yeah, there's literally people now that gather when the police come into this neighborhood. And this is this this God building bridges. Um, you know, our, our ministry really, if I, if I say so, is not just to this community. This is the this is the community that's most beautiful because they are the sick that need a doctor. But our ministry, at the end of the day, will, will hopefully be where God continues to allow use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise, and we start to break through that glass ceiling of people who don't think there is a God or need a God because of their own self-sufficiency. So, so and, and to encourage works. others, and to yeah. encourage others. Actually, yeah. I, didn't, I don't know if I told you this, but we were in a prayer call a couple weeks ago okay. and with a person from Montreal. Mm. Were you on that call? But yeah. she said that uh, they've been encouraged, the church in Montreal has been encouraged to now kind of adopt a park near them that was kind of similar to Dundonald Park, okay. and they've been in there praying for people uh, you know, sharing the gospel and feeding people every weekend. <laughs> I imagine. So this is a, uh, um, not to get preachy, but this is a community because most of you will already know this. But just in closing, this is, this is a community that craves community. That are there. They're there. They just have a broken system. They're just they just have a broken system, and the water is just draining out. And so so they're just normal people that need. Uh, you know, if you will have a God-sized hole, there there are normal people that that, that 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 need this, but they are so broken that when the light of Christ comes into them and shines through the cracks, they become the most beautiful people in the world. Sure.
So there's obviously been uh, challenges all the way through this. I do believe spiritual warfare is a thing. Uh, I do believe that when you're trying to shine light into a place where the light maybe hasn't been shining for a while, yeah. that uh, you know you attract attention, both uh, supernatural attention mm -hmm. and attention from others. Uh, we've had our, our share of challenges. Um, and right now, actually, we're going through a challenge where, um, yeah, there is a there's a legal a legal challenge. Um, we've um, we have tried. We 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 are people who are not seeking spotlight in this sense. We're not um, we're not we're not political. Very very we, we, we're gospel people trying to bring good works to the city, and uh, we have been very careful. And that's what you're speaking about before. We've changed the way that you know you 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 order and and and, and structure the form of the church. It seems like two dozen times <laughs> since last fall, because every time uh, regulation changes, and if you are living in Ontario, you know the changes they, they change all the time. Right. Every single time the government has changed the game, we've complied. We've we've tried to do what we can do to respect the public health orders. Sure. But we feel definitely that we can't give up on these people, oh, yeah. right? Um, and so a couple weeks ago, maybe we can share a little bit about what happened there. Sure. Um, so, so literally, in, in, in this regard, as, uh, uh, Dad and I have been first responders to, to, to bylaw and Ottawa Police Services. Uh, every step along the way, Ottawa Police Services has, has, has been completely just, just, just gentle men and women. They've, they've, uh, they've come alongside and they've, they've they've done everything to develop and build relationships and understanding that we're doing the same thing. They've, 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 you know, in some ways, I mean, they may see it differently, but, but there's almost a co-laboring um, attitude of, Hey, you're doing nothing wrong. You're doing something good. We're, we're going to leave you alone with bylaw. The, um, the, the sort of the, the frontline officers each week have been absolutely fine. Um, each week have been like, Hey, you know, I mean, you guys are doing something amazing. If, if they're going to gather at Parliament Hill, uh, and 3,000, and Justin Trudeau is going to tweet, I respect their right to, peace, to peacefully protest what you're doing. Or, or at crazy. the beach, there's like 6,000 people at the beach yeah, yesterday. Because yeah, we are yeah, sweating yeah. because it is hot in our yeah, world. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, um, essentially, there started to become a group of agitators. And the agitators were starting to go around. Like, So this is what we were doing. We were bringing a church to the park. We were bringing leaders to the park and gathering with vulnerable people that, that largely outnumbered the people that we had there. And these people were already, our, our congregation, our church is already there. All they're, week. All week. They're, all either, week. they're either doing, they're, they're either sitting on the park benches, drinking, fighting, or changing their lives and ministering to one another. But they're there, there's 60 people, and they're there all the time on these park benches. All that we've done is when we were embraced by them, because what they really crave is community, is go up to them and said, hey, you know, what about Jesus? Um, you may have been hurt by Jesus. You may not think that Jesus is real. We have seen an inauthentic Jesus. But, I mean, but we're here to tell you that Jesus is very, very real to us. And if we could just be friends. Most things are caught. They're not taught over time. People are like, yeah, we want this God too. Mm -hmm. So now they're, they've come alongside. They're the church. So imagine this. We're bringing people off the benches where they could cause harm to one another or die. A vulnerable community they can't go on Zoom to, to, to gather peaceably as a church. A vulnerable community who, who, who doesn't have the most vulnerable community. So we're coming alongside these guys. And what, essentially uh, what we're doing is we're saying there needs to be a balance here. This is a community where, where, where through emergency orders, 
their lives are being unduly affected in a negative way, which is not the spirit or the essence of the law. Yeah. More people will die of, of, of alcohol and, and drug addiction than of COVID by numbers in that small park. We're going to people that are already gathering in, in, in non-social distance groups who are actually saying, hey, let's gather in a socially distanced compliant way that the law dictates we can. We ask for guidance and direction from, 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 the, from by law, uh, and when we weren't given, we did, we did the best we could with regards to our judgment. Well, one of, the, one of the big things here is we're trying to disciple a population that are lawbreakers. Yes. So it doesn't do us any well if we have this kind of radical agenda of trying to break the law in this. No. So we've yeah. been trying to very carefully respect the orders, teach the people to respect the orders. Yeah. But we were fined, uh, well, Matt, you've been charged now four times, twice for not having a permit for yes. your dealings in the park which hopefully we can get cleared away uh, for this week, and then twice for the uh, Reopening Ontario Act. Um, you know what I realized though, if, if, we were if we were considered a social good organization, yeah. we actually would have been fine. Mm. That, that could be a way we go. But mm. um, but yeah, so we now are in the process of not only, the, the biggest issue is not only fighting the tickets, considering fighting whether or not this is an unjust law, so that's, that's part of this, but third, you know, we. We got to be back there this Sunday. We got to be back there on Saturday. Sure. We got to be back in the park. This, this is the congregation we're called to. And I, I just want to be very clear. We didn't willfully disobey uh, any directives. What we did do is we is, is, is we, uh, we we dialogue back and forth to find out what we believe was something that was compatible with everybody. They didn't come with four separate sets of tickets and we just thumbed our nose. They came at one time to my house on a Wednesday afternoon after the week and dumped all four tickets. <laughs> so it wasn't you know there, there, there was there was a real way of honoring God yeah. and man at the same time. But we're seeking the dialogue, and but yet we also know that everybody who endeavors to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And I don't think this even rises to the level of persecution. Sure. I do say that there's spiritual warfare going on and, uh, and and we expect opposition, we expect challenge. So uh, that's part of it. And so over the next couple of months, we'll keep you guys informed as far as how that is going. Please pray for, for that. Please pray for Matt and please mm -hmm. pray for us as we, we seek wisdom as to know how to you know walk forward into uh, wherever the spirit is leading in us in this. Um, so that's, that's part of our challenges. Uh, there might be financial need for the legal challenge. Um, we will let you guys know how, how that works. Um, the other thing is, Matt, you've been doing this work in the park for a year. Um, I don't know how you eat, um, but you've not, you've not taken a dime from the ministry. You've not taken a dime. We don't collect offerings. Some people voluntarily give to the church, but that doesn't go to Matt. It goes to the food that we feed the people with. And so you've been doing this uh, over the last year, not raising a dime for yourself. Now that you've formally come on as a missionary, we are trying to get Matt off the ground as, as quickly as we can. Uh, we're, we literally are trying to raise about $30,000 this month so that we have that cushion, about a three-month salary for both of us, so that, uh, so that he can begin uh, bringing, uh, uh, taking uh, a salary next month when you get married, right? So... Uh, that's what we're doing, uh, and that's um, just this month. And uh, we're, we're just asking people if they would consider a one-time gift. They can go to ottawamissionary.com, and that's how you can support us. You can support us monthly. You can support us as a one-time gift to get him up and running. Um, yeah, that's about it. 
you guys know this is our heart and this is what we've been doing. Now you've heard a little bit more of our story. I do want to share one quick ministry insight before we, we sign off for this, because sure. I'd like to do that every week. Maybe you've already heard some ministry insights or the Holy Spirit's already shared something uh, with you today as we've been sharing. Oh, yeah. Uh, just, just to, um, with our plug for ministry, just so that people understand our heart and our goal in this, and, and I think you explained it really well, um, is to go in and essentially be a family and raise somebody from childbirth or rebirth to maturity with all of the with all of the supportive structures in place necessary to make that happen. So, so literally to be a family, if I was to have a child, I would be responsible for their education, their food, their, 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 their moral upbringing. I would be responsible to be their friend. I would be, they would be my family to love them, everything. So what we're doing is we're coming alongside as a team, as a family, to a group of people who are accepting Jesus Christ, but we're not taking the Great Commission um, as something that is about sharing the gospel. It definitely is about sharing the gospel, mm -hmm. but it's about making disciples. And, and what, is, what does that look like from a scriptural perspective? That looks like somebody that, 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 that used to be um, causing harm to themselves and others, now being a productive member of society, a person of peace, that not only that, but loves much because they've been forgiven much. So, so, so this, this, this model that we're dedicated to is, is, is the idea of if God's placed this desire in our heart, we're going to fulfill the Great Commission as if it was the first day that Jesus had left. Mm. So this is a brand, this, this, this is, this, we're just going, we're going out and, and for us it means absolute care to maturity and development and planting consistent churches in and through. We're doing this in communities that, that obviously cannot, are not positioned, nor do they have, even have the knowledge of being able to support us at first. So, so, so if you would want to depart or something like that, I think that we are dedicated yeah. to doing this with our lives for our lives. Just the insight you got, I got from that was it's a holistic ministry. Yeah. And, and actually, we're seeking the transformation not only of individuals, but of that whole community. Yeah. And that's what's interesting. I think that's why the police to this point have been have been really excited and, and supportive of what we've been doing yeah. is because they see that we're not just trying to like go there preach other people and leave yeah. but actually seeking the transformation of that whole community like my hope my actual prayer is someday that beer store will be shut down Ooh. or move because they'll be like there's not a community here to serve yeah, yeah. that's why that beer store is there <laughs> right <laughs> so um so yeah that 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 holistic transformation is is really what we're about but it starts with the proclamation Amen. of the gospel Amen. right yeah um, the insight, very quickly, that was a good insight right there. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll share one more. It was just simply this, that you can't do it alone. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the things, I think, uh, as a solo pastor, um, we often kind of feel alone. Uh, one of the things that's been super exciting about working with Matt is just that idea that, that the Holy Spirit put into the church from the beginning. Mm. But they weren't sending out lone rangers, lone wolves. Mm. You know, Peter and James were traveling together. Yeah. Paul always, Paul, there's, there's something like, I think it's over 30 different people associated with Paul and his missionary journeys. Yeah. And so I'm happy to partner with you. Yeah. I'm happy to partner with everybody here who's listening and, uh, or, or watching the video. Uh, I, I, I pray that if you're feeling alone, if you're feeling like, oh, you, you know, the Lord's put something in front of you, and right now you're feeling like, oh, man, you're carrying it on your shoulders, you know, maybe begin to pray. Who, who else around you is he, is he, is he raising up to, uh, to shoulder the burden with you? You know, to, to charge, you know, that enemy gate with you to whatever it is, whatever metaphor you use uh, to do the things that the Lord has called you to do. Uh, not only do you get a partner in ministry, you might even get a friend out of it too, eh? 
<laughs> no, it's too hot. <laughs> it's too hot in here. So that is it for the Partnering Podcast for now. We hope to be back soon, and we'll get more into the nitty-gritty of ministry in the city. And we'll hope to have a guest on soon. Yeah. Our lawyers? No, I hope not. <laughs> but, uh, but one of the people that we, uh, we, we definitely appreciate uh, in the city. So please subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcasts, yeah. and uh, we'll hope to get something up soon. Amen. Yeah,